Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about anime episodes 190 through 192, which will be covering manga chapters 294 through 298. And these are, of course, some of the best episodes of the arc as we are closing in on the end of the arc with the climactic and emotional finish to the Luffy versus NL battle. Alright, so the synopsis, pretty short and sweet. Luffy works his way back up to the top of the giant jack to take on NL once again. However, with NL making it impossible for Luffy to get back to him, Luffy needs Nami's help as well as some help from everyone down below as they come up with a plan to get to NL and take him down for good. Alright, so differences. There are none, really. So yeah, these chapters are pretty faithfully adapted. Just a couple scenes just kind of slightly shuffled around. And some of the flashback scenes included a little bit more footage so that they would pad out a little bit more time. But otherwise, these episodes were really well done in terms of pacing and adaptation. Anyways, let's get into the episodes themselves. So, with Luffy's crazy stupid stamina on display here as he sprints all the way back up miles of the giant jack with this massive gold ball stuck to his arm, he makes it near the top only to get knocked back down part way through by Enno, making it almost impossible to get back up to the Arc Maxim. Enno then takes this opportunity to create a giant ball of lightning clouds with a move called Raigo, meaning thunder greeting, and he uses this to obliterate Angel Isle from existence in a pretty scary display of overwhelming power, but also kind of solidifies just how utterly evil NL is. Like up till now, we've had some pretty evil villains that were, you know, willing to kill people like Arlong and Crocodile, but never on a scale where they were willing to just arbitrarily commit mass genocide. Like Arlong had his reasons to kill humans, as he was just straight up racist, but he also showed some restraint and Crocodile would also gladly kill and sacrifice many people, but that was never his main reason for killing people. He just, for him, it was just a means to a greater end for him. However, Enel literally has no real motivation to kill these people other than just to kill them for the for sort of that show of display of strength and also the scale he's doing it on is just massive as well compared to the other villains we've seen. This may also be due to the sort of the lesser development and writing of NL, but as it stands now, he's just sort of sadistic and evil for the sake of being evil, and his belief that as God he can do, you know, with other people's lives as he sees fit, to the point where he'll literally just wipe out a whole island of people just because he wants to. I personally think Oda did this on purpose with NL because we clearly have seen him flesh out other villains in terms of their motivation to a fairly deep degree. And I don't think he all of a sudden got bad at character development or got lazy. Oda most likely left this somewhat ambiguous so that perhaps later on he could expand on it further down the line or give himself some wiggle room in case he did want to do something further with the character of NL. Although just, you know, for transparency's sake, I mean, even as far as chapters 10... Where are we at? 1034? He still really hasn't done too much with NL other than this cover story that we'll get to later on. Anyways, Nami eventually catches up to Luffy and tries to convince him that since she's safe, uh, they should turn their attention to escaping, but Luffy can't let Enel go as he needs to prevent the Golden Bell from being taken. And this exchange between Luffy and Nami is so amazing and always gets me a little emotional because of how impassioned Luffy is here. Nami thinks Luffy is simply wanting to beat Enel out of a motivation for retaliation or for the riches of the Golden Bell, but Luffy then adamantly retorts it has nothing to do with any of that. And in another surprising show of just how deep, caring, and well thought out Luffy actually is, 
He explains how they both saw that the golden bell exists and that this is their one chance to relay the message down to the sea and to prove once and for all the legends were true and that he needed to ring the bell so that Cricket and the monkeys can hear so they stop diving constantly and eventually killing their bodies. I mean, it's pretty clear by now, but it just shows how everything Luffy does is motivated by a sense of wanting to help people and live their freest life. When Nami hears this, I think it genuinely surprised her too that Luffy would go this far for someone, but this is just who Luffy is. And I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but there's this sense that Luffy is able to make allies wherever he goes and many people in the universe find it a mystery, but I think these are some of the easiest examples of why this continually happens to Luffy. He makes friends and allies so easily because simply the answer is Luffy always genuinely cares and is sincere about everything. The key difference that makes Luffy stand out is that he doesn't just say it, he often doesn't say it, but he actually shows it. He won't go out of his way to say that he can be trusted or that he would be a good friend or ally. And a lot of people don't even want Luffy as a friend or vice versa. Luffy doesn't want people as, as friends necessarily. But Luffy will see anyone in need and he will do everything in his fiber to help them. And when anyone sees that kind of genuine sincerity, you can't help but be drawn to that. And again, for me, that's another great takeaway that I've gleaned from reading One Piece and looking at Luffy in my real life. If you want to make real and meaningful connections, you've got to be genuine and sincere in your actions. And the word action is the key word here. It's not enough to just tell people you're their friend or that you'll be there for them. But I'd say 80% of building a connection with people is just showing up and showing that you're a good friend. You know, do nice things for people. Reach out to them and do things for them. Show them you're thinking of them. And when they need help or are feeling lonely, just be there. I mean, that's literally the majority of the battle is just showing up and being there. You know, it's not enough to just say that stuff. But I think when you actually make the effort to just even just to show up, you don't even necessarily have to do anything. Just be there for the person. And I think, you know, that genuine sincerity will come through. And yeah, you'll make more meaningful connections with people that way. And that's one of the greatest things I've, I've taken away from One Piece and, and looking at how Luffy connects with people and how he makes allies so easily and you can see this with wiper you know being one of the biggest examples of the fact that by this point now that he's learned what luffy is all about he he eventually you know becomes a huge fan i guess not a fan's not the right word but he gains a lot of respect for him and you saw that with gunfall but it also goes back to the theme of how noland through his genuine actions you know, cut through that veil of suspicion and gain the trust of Kalgara and the other Shandians. And it's just sort of this theme in Skypea, not the main theme, but it's kind of sort of a, a tertiary theme of just how you want to unite people is to just show genuine care for others. Anyways, enough preaching. Getting back to the story, Luffy can't get to NL aboard the Maxim, but Nami comes up with a plan to and relays that down to everyone below to let them know the giant jack needs to be cut down towards the Ark Maxim facing west. And I love that this is another great example of how Luffy depends on his Nakama's unique strengths and abilities, and here, relying on Nami's brains and her waiver writing skills as well as Robin's ability to decipher Nami's message and Zoro cutting down a portion of the giant jack, 
And also, as useless as Usopp is, he also tries to contribute in knocking down the giant jack with a whole bunch of, you know, gunpowder stars. And we get a third iteration of the Usopp Wagomu or Usopp rubber band joke. But it's a complete team effort for Luffy to get to NL and defeat him, just as he declared long ago back in Arlong Park that he needs his nakama. Again, it just highlights how good Oda is at making each and every crew member important to the success of the crew and showing just how integral Nami is to Luffy defeating NL despite her being weak in physical strength. And I can't understate how awesome that is, you know, reading other shonen battle anime or manga series and anime series, you just see a whole bunch, no matter what the series, you see a bunch of like the main characters eventually sort of get pushed off to the side because they can't compete with the main characters or like the, the, you know, the few main characters. And always kind of sucked. Naruto somehow managed to avoid this too, which was really good. But a lot of the other series tend to have some main characters just kind of like shoved to the back because they're either too weak to do anything or they're just, they just become irrelevant, which really sucks. But Oda is really good at keeping not only his heavy hitters, but also the sort of the weaker comic relief characters, but they're all just as important to the success of each arc. And I think for me, that's something I've learned to appreciate a lot more as I've grown older and I've read more and more series. Anyways, we next see Zoro launch into cutting the giant jack, but is only able to cut one of the vines before NL strikes him down with a lightning bolt again. But the beanstalk won't budge at all. And then we're treated to another really beautiful and emotional moment. As Wiper mocking the Straw Hats for their ineptness, Robin begins to explain why they're trying so hard to save the bell. It becomes clear that the Straw Hats' goals align with his lifelong duty and dream of finally fulfilling his ancestor Kalgara's dream of reaching Noland again. For the first time, we see the humanized side of Wiper, as when it comes to his dream, he's still that little kid at heart hearing that story of the great warrior Kalgara and wanting so desperately to rectify and fulfill his ancestor's greatest regret as he just starts pouring tears again, showing that even the toughest of warriors can cry and it's okay. And despite all that amazingness so far, I think my favorite part is actually when Robin is the one telling this story to Wiper, more specifically how affectionately she tells this story about how the Straw Hats want to fulfill this dream for Cricket and the monkeys, saying it's wonderful and romantic that they would throw their one chance at escape and risk their lives to see this through. The reason why I love this moment so much is because I personally see this as Robin also kind of telling herself this story about her new nakama. And I think this is the first time she really starts to fall in love with this crew that she's been a part of. Because up till now, it seems like she's been keeping everyone at an arm's length. But here, just the way Yuriko Yamaguchi brilliantly delivers these lines, especially in the anime, has this warmth that we've never heard from Robin's voice. And for me, it cements the moment where she's finally starting to accept that she wants to permanently stay with them. And I think that's really beautiful. Of You know, it's... Even even with Usopp, you know, cramming the jokes in between in the in the background too, it's still a really beautiful moment. As if that wasn't enough to get your feels going, Nola remembers how much he misses Kalgara and Seto, and desperately tries to knock down the giant Jack as well, but only manages to shift it in the right direction. But it's amazing how in just a few chapters, Oda turned a monster snake that we really didn't care much about, or at least I didn't. 
other than, you know, as an obstacle for our heroes, into a legit character that we care for and get emotional about. Like, I literally, like, started to get emotional about Nola getting all sad and wanting to do what he can to making sure that the bell rings and so that Nolan's, you know, ancestors can actually hear the bell again. Again, I don't understand the hate for Skypiea, to be honest, because I love all these moments and just how well they were built up. But Wiper, after learning of Luffy's true motivation for ringing the bell, is to show Nolan's descendant that the Golden City exists, and they're still to this day waiting patiently for the bell, just shows how deep that friendship went as it transcended centuries from Kalgara and Nolan to now poetically Wiper and Cricket. Wiper then decides to use the reject dial one last time to blast the other vine away, finally making the giant jack topple over. And this whole section was just so amazing from an emotional standpoint. And yeah, I love this. Like these episodes have been so good. But then from an emotional moment, we jump right into an uplifting and triumphant moment as Luffy and Nami jet their way up while everybody cheers them on. Then immediately it goes into like this suspenseful tone as NL responds by trying to sink the giant jack before it can get to him. And all I have to say is One Piece is so damn good at transitioning between like these disparate tones so well without ruining the moment. Because a lot of times when you jump from tone to tone, especially ones as different as these, it can kind of seem very weird and awkward and almost like whiplash. But I don't know why, but Oda seems to manage to juggle that so well. I never actually notice it. I just get so invested and it, you just, it just keeps everything so engaging and interesting that you really can't take your attention away from anything but the story itself and you don't even care about any of the other stuff. But yeah, imagine reading and w- or watching this week to week. Like it was just torture for those of us that were, you know, <laughs> reading it and watching it at the same time, you know, live. I guess it. I mean, I guess for a lot of the current readers watching and reading Wano, there you're basically experiencing the same thing. But yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been really like nerve wracking. I guess for like twenty plus years reading it like this. But in order to silence everyone and thwart Luffy and Nami, NL continues to rain down lightning on the upper yard. But everyone, including the citizens of Sky Island, sees that it's barely budging, including Gumfall, who comes to the realization that the birth is so grand that it was never to be fought over but should have been shared to begin with, and that he greatly regrets all the lives lost over the last 400 years. And you know, I'll be honest, I never quite understood this moment because I'm honestly not sure what Gumfall is trying to say here. I may sound really stupid, but I just don't really know what this what the goal of this line was. I mean, my my guess and my initial interpretation here is that he finally realizes that the upper yard and the birth are so great and grand that it never belonged to anyone and should have never, you know, should have never been fought over because no one actually had ownership over it and instead it should have been respected and it was pointless to fight over it because it never belonged to anyone. And that's at least my sort of poorly cobbled together interpretation of this line. But even, you know, even as a kid, I didn't quite understand this line. And even to this day, I've read and watched this multiple times, and I still don't quite know what Gumfall is referring to here. Getting back to the action, though, Luffy and Nami make it to the top as Luffy launches himself not at the Ark, but at Enel's Raigo Ball to take that down first as it poses the most immediate threat to everyone. And time and time again, 
Luffy shows that he is a combat genius as he smartly uses the gold ball to conduct the lightning and discharges it using, once again, Gomu Gomu no Hanabi or fireworks, the, but this time calling it the Ogon Botan or golden peony as when the ball is floating around it looks similar to a blossoming peony flower. As this happens, Captain McKinley begins to pray along with everybody else along with Cornus as well at the same time praying to a god to save them and I think this is a significant moment as again while there are dark sides of following religion Oda also takes great care to show that there are positive aspects to religion as well like giving people strength and solace during a difficult time that is out of their control and it shows that you can unify people that way as well and build community and I personally wholeheartedly believe this too you know I don't necessarily like religion myself but I think there are a lot of good aspects to it and I don't necessarily think that it should just go away completely but in the end their prayers are not answered by a god but by a good person doing all that he can to help as Luffy manages to disperse the Raigo and it becomes clear skies again as Wiper, who has really grown on me at this point, yells out to Luffy to ring the fire of Chandra along with Gonfall, hoping that Luffy will again let them hear the singing of the bell. Now all that is remaining is to defeat NL and ring that bell. As Luffy now charges at NL, he's got one more trick up his sleeve as he turns himself into a giant manifestation of lightning dubbing it the max 200 million volt Amaru. Amaru li literally just means thunder god and taking on the appearance of the fat raging god from the traditional Japanese folklore. I love how Luffy just charges in and simply kicks the thunder god in the face. It's not even a special gomu gomu move. It's literally just a simple kick and he just <laughs> he just like beats him in the face. It's it's pretty funny for I don't know why, but it's supposed to be epic, I think, but it just looks really funny cuz he just runs up to him and just Pleh! But Enel underhandedly stabs Luffy from behind, forcing him to either continue getting stabbed due to the force of his attack or escape and fall, but Luffy not one to give up. He escapes, but then gets right back on it and manages to find a way to fling himself back up for one final attack, the epically named Gomu Gomu no Golden Rifle, or Ogon Rifle, seeing the giant golden ball used as a rifle bullet that is propelled so fast that not even NL can react and takes the full force of it to the face, launching NL into the golden bell as Luffy screams, Reach or Todoke! And then in his head, saying to himself, Old man, can you hear it? The golden city was here for 400 years. The city of gold has been here the whole time. It was in the sky. And as we finally get to hear the bell for the first time in the present, and I mean, this is just perfection, the way Mayumi Tanaka delivers these last few lines. It's incredible. The raw amount of passion and emotion she conveys through Luffy is better than I could have ever imagined when I first read this in the manga the first time. I mean, she continues to surprise me how amazing she is in terms of like the raw power she has in her voice, despite being this tiny old lady. Like, it's really comically funny but at the same time like when she's luffy man she just completely transforms into luffy like i don't even see miami tanaka anymore like i just hear luffy because it's so powerful but that is where these sets of episodes ends unfortunately but my goodness that was a long arc but what a satisfying conclusion to the fight maybe not as good as crocodile's defeat but certainly nothing to scoff at but honestly 
My absolute favorite moment of the entire Skypea arc is still yet to come in the very next episode, so I can't wait to talk about that one with all of you. But yeah, if you did enjoy this, send me a like or comment, and if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at Podcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection. Check that out. And if you feel like supporting the podcast, you can feel free to donate in the link at my website. And yeah, no spoiler section this episode as it's pretty straightforward. So we will skip the spoiler section and call it an episode here. So yeah, I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.